Welcome to Have You Got Your Shit Together with me, Caitlin O'Ryan, the podcast that celebrates not having your shit together because I don't really know anyone who does at the moment. On today's episode, we have Henry Beckwith. I'm so excited for you to meet Henry. He's such a laugh and someone who I really admire. Henry is the founder and host of Word Spoken Podcast and Grooveverse, an improvised jazz and spoken word night. I accidentally came across Henry's podcast in about 2019 and became obsessed with it, and it encouraged me to start writing again. Henry, aka Ted Temple, combines music, comedy, and spoken word. He has performed on BAFTA award-winning Life of Rhymes. He's headlined spoken word nights and comedy clubs all throughout London. His tongue-in-cheek style blends both art forms. He's also an amazing advocate for creating spaces that push the spoken word scene into the mainstream. We talk a bit about that in the podcast. Can't wait for you to meet him. You live near here. I live in Ballum, so the answer oh, yeah, is like I thought you were south. the other end. But afterwards, I'm going to somewhere central. Okay, very nice. Very nice. Friend's birthday. Oh, lovely. L- lucky voice in Holborn. Karaoke. Oh, yeah. My favourite thing in the world to do. <laughs> yes. I'm actually like craving it. There's like a deficiency of karaoke in my life at the moment. I actually do like it. Do you? It's, it's, what, yeah. What's your go-to karaoke? Oh, see, now, that's my favourite question yeah. to ask anyone uh-huh. ever. It's a good date question. It's a great yeah. date question. I think it tells you a and lot you can about limit. them immediately the amount of time you want to spend with someone <laughs> depending on the answer yeah no you can't well the thing is so I, I have which is probably an ick for the people that I, uh, <laughs> I go on dates with rarely uh-huh. but uh, I have it, like I like to read the room so like I don't really have a go to like I, I've got a couple of different wow. options so you yeah. cater for the audience and I'd say that they're quite versatile okay so one of them uh-huh. so okay so it really depends on the room okay. and the vibe but one of them if they're if we're feeling a ballad yeah. Right? I'm thinking your song, Elton John. Wow. Okay. Just like, just that intro piano just sort of sets the tone. It sets the tone. And you're ready to Invites rock. Invites the people in. Exactly. Yeah. Um, if we're a bit raucous okay. and bloody love to bring the energy, uh-huh. uh, fit, but, fit But You Know It by The Streets. Whoa. Okay. Honestly. Amazing. Left, left field. Left, but exactly. Great I'm, tune. That, this, I'm yeah. just giving, the, giving yeah, you the yeah. spectrum. Yeah. Mine would be um, yeah, go on. Anastasia, Left yeah, Outside yeah, Alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Although classic. It's I prefer to do that as like a lip sync, lip sync for your right. life. Right, yes. Because yeah. there's no fucking way that I can reach the notes. No, is it, that, that's <laughs> I a can tough embody song. her spirit <laughs> brilliantly. And then Kids by Robbie Williams. Oh, oh yeah. yeah okay. I was it, thinking M- M- MGMT and I was like, oh, that no, is no, no. a weird choice. No, kids are all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, that's good. That, yeah, love that. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a banger. Yeah. Hey, Henry. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Um, on a scale of shit to together, <laughs> how are you feeling today? Today? Today. Honestly, you've caught me on a very good day. Okay. I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good today. Why you know? is that? Couple reasons, mm-hmm. you know, first of which is very British and boring, so let's not dwell on it too much. The weather. But what a lovely, it bloody... It is absolutely, it's unseasonably nice. Literally, it's yeah. like nearly 20 degrees, it's November. It's crazy. I bought a coffee this morning Gorgeous. on the way here, and I, you know that sort of post-coffee grin you get? Yeah. When the sun, I was just, mm. I was living it, walking here. You mm. were like, oh, I'm five minutes late. I was like, don't worry, Take babe. your time. I'm having a lovely time. <laughs> So the weather. So yeah. So let's let's ignore yeah, that. Yeah. Um, but apart from that, no things. Things. I, I, I'm feeling 
more towards the together. end of the scale of together. That's good. Then not together. Yeah. Okay. Which is rare. That's not a common feeling really? for me. So on that, what does having your shit together mean to you? Mm. Okay, so uh, I would say it's probably really about lack of self-consciousness. Okay. So like not really being too self-aware or too worried about how you're perceived by mm. people or yeah. how well you're doing in life. Like kind of not thinking about it too much is okay. actually... I like that. ...is actually maybe having your shit together. Yeah. Do you feel... Where where are you at with that at the moment? Do you still feel like you are relying on other people's opinion of whether you have your shit together or not? Uh, yes. Yeah. Like 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but But... I think maybe it's kind of an age thing, um, but like I'm sort of knocking on the door of my thirties, yeah. uh, which is stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I've, I've always been someone that has been like dragged into old age, like not willingly. <laughs> um, but 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 I'm I'm trying figuring out that that's so dumb mm. and like um, so I'm trying to sort of get past that. But um, yeah, no, I, I, I I'm feeling a slight nudge towards um, non-constant paranoia. um, Yeah. That is is... fucking hard to escape, though. (laughs) I have not figured that out yet at all. Do you you think that... So let's talk about it. Ted Temple. Right. Do you feel like having... He is in the room. (laughs) Just go outside for a second, James, and (laughs) say... Do you feel like having that kind of alter ego helps you with all of that yes yeah and i figured that that one out uh-huh. a little bit too late okay which was a bit unfortunate it's quite awkward when you try and create a stage name where did you years Temple in come from hey, very good question yes. so my dad wanted to call me ted um oh. edward but but yeah. ted and mum was having none of it she's mm-hmm. like that's a crap name mm-hmm. i don't want that i want to call him henry Dare I say, I did agree with my dad when I found that out. When <laughs> Ted I was is like, a cute name. I, I just like Ted more. Henry's more niche, though. Henry's more niche, yeah. but it's, it's like a, that old king, isn't it? It's just like <laughs> not really into it too much. Re- so Ted, exactly, mm. a bit regal. And um, anyway, Edward became my middle name. Nice. And uh, I always secretly wish that my dad, my dad won that. And then Temple is my grandma's maiden name. So wow. it's like my great, is that, yeah. So that, that, yeah, it just felt like a good tete. Yeah, I thought it was going to be one of those like classic. Is it like a porn star name where it's like <laughs> name of your first pet in the yeah. street? <laughs> the street you grew up on. Yeah, the that, house you were born in. That that for me was Snowy Park. Snowy Park. Yeah, which sounds more like That's a description. Lovely. So before the podcast, I asked you to think of an object. Yes. That makes you feel like you've got your shit together. I have. Did it. you bring one? Yeah. I've Amazing. It. The moment you asked me this, mm-hmm. this was the only and first thing I thought oh, of. Oh, really? And I'm pretty confident with this, being confident. spot on. okay. So what we have in front uh-huh. of us, Caitlin, is a Monday to Sunday box for your pills. Mm-hmm. And I put multivitamins in here, which I've only recently started to that take. That is genius. And um, I, I went full in on my multivitamins. What have we got I've in got there? So I can't remember what that that one is. So that one's rubbish. But I've got uh, lion's mane, mushroom lion's mane, which oh is good God. for the nervous system and memory. Uh-huh. Um, I've got Antarctic krill. You see that dark one there? I've never heard of any of Antarctic these things. Antarctic krill. What? Are, what? <laughs> no, no, I've never heard of never heard of Right. What is Antarctic krill? Well, A fish. It's... Uh, it's krill from, <laughs> as far as I can understand it's krill from the Antarctic wow um, I've got vitamin D3 oh and um, 
magnesium, which is good for uh, your hearing because I have quite bad hearing. Oh. Pardon? So that makes me feel like I've got my shit together. I like think when potentially I get... out of all the objects, that is the most impressive one that we've had on this. Well, can I just say as well that you'll... I, I love that. Yeah? Absolutely love yeah. that. Yeah. But you will notice that today is Saturday. <laughs> and unopened. all of the week... Well, no, I normally have it in the evening. Oh, I see, I see. All of the week thus far, completed. Mm-hmm. So I know where I'm at in the yeah. week. If it's Sunday, uh-huh. let's say, and that Saturday box is full, mug, that shit, is not so together. Clever. And, and is that a key ring... <laughs> you can attach it to any key ring of well, your true choosing well. or or indeed you know those chains people used to wear Trendy, in the noughties to like yeah. attach a wallet mm-hmm. you can attach it to that as well which wow. um, I find really does prove you're single do you feel the benefits of taking your right, daily now. vitamins because this is you know my mum has been desperately trying to get me to do it and yeah yeah. well I could not recommend more highly enough oh, wow. this little box specifically Three the pa- this Antarctic Krill specific one <laughs> I would say the Antarctic Krill is probably my highlight is that in Holland and Barrett I've never fucking heard of that before you've in my never life. heard of Antarctic Krill no you haven't lived love no no I know you haven't lived um, is it an upper or a downer <laughs> yeah it's, it's, yeah it's kind of a gen, it's, it's like a gentle buzz to be honest um, feel like you're floating could you please tell us about a time in your life where you felt like you really had your shit together like mm. a brief moment do you know what this is going to sound a bit nuts I think maybe but it's probably at school Okay. Like sort of like GCSE year, wow. right? Because um, I remember I had my pucker pad. Nice. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. with the like colour divider things. Yeah. And like... I'm getting the vibe that you like stationery. <laughs> <laughs> God, that's actually... Saw it in your pencil, pencil case. Yeah. yeah. You're probably, you're probably yeah. right. Yeah, I mean, I used to love a WH Smith drink <gasps> when I was there. Something so satisfying. Just the smell of that paper. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Not like Antarctic Quill. Um, <laughs> but uh, generally, but, but this is the mad thing, is like, that was a while ago. And I do remember there was some kind of pressure. And when you're 16, as with any age that you are, you're the oldest you've ever been. So you think <laughs> that what you're doing is so the mature. most stressful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because it is. It literally is. Yeah, yeah. You've got nothing else to compare it to. Um, so I remember being super stressed, but that stress sort of drove me. And I remember, like, being really studious. And I worked well hard. Mm. And... Um, what I found quite conflicting is after school, like uni and then started work, whatever, like I just never really got that sort of yeah. feeling again of, of, of like really, yeah, I, I don't know, of sort of doing well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, you know. But I feel like at that point in your life, you've got all the structure with exactly. less of the distractions. Totally. Because even at, like, uni, you're kind of out there on your own. But, yeah. like, at school, there's a level of, like, expectancy on you to kind of make it every day and stuff like that. And totally. you have your five lessons a day or whatever. And the structure is so helpful. Mm. Like, I feel a huge lack of that at the moment. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think there's almost, like, um, like, part of... so. When you're a teenager, when you're a kid, you obviously mm. need that kind of structure, right? Yeah. You need someone to put that in place mm-hmm. to some extent. Or if you are lucky enough to have it, then you can benefit from it. Um, but almost, the, I feel like the the types of people that benefit from it the most 
are negatively affected when they don't have it when right. they're an adult. Like, it's, it's more it's more of a learning curve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas the people that maybe don't need it in order to sort of succeed when they're mm-hmm. a teenager and stuff, maybe they can they, they find it a bit quicker to figure stuff out when you sort of are not given the structure. Yeah. You know, this, and I'm definitely the former. Like, yeah. I'm just like, if you give me structure, then I'm then I'm good. And if you don't give it to me, I can like lose uh, it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But this is the thing. I feel like you've got to go through that sort mm-hmm. of ah. And I'm hearing beyond the horizon yeah. of that, and a little bit more of the like, hey, I've sort of figured out some of the things that I like doing. Yeah. I've figured out why I want to do them. I've figured out a little bit what. I want because I think that's the biggest question oh, 100%. that I've had thus far in my yeah. 20s is what do I want like literally yeah from life that first question yeah because you suddenly get presented with like really quite a lot of choice yeah <laughs> it's yeah. an overwhelming thing that's the other thing like when you're 16 you don't have choice you're no. doing this exam next year you're doing that mm-hmm. you're choosing your subjects that's your choice yeah. right did you have an idea when you're in school of the kind of stuff that you'd want to go into? Like, were you interested in English, for example, at that point? No. No, no. No. I hated English as my worst subject. God, that's so crazy. It actually makes no sense, Mm. really. Like, I didn't like poetry. I had never heard a spoken word. But it felt so elitist, I think. It felt so far away from us. Yeah. And I think what's so beautiful about the scene that you're creating and that, like, people are a part of now is that it feels so accessible to Mm -hmm. everyone. Yeah. And it's not about whether you understand the language that, like, Shakespeare used or something like that. Like, yeah. This is quite funny. So on the podcast that I did, I once mm-hmm. had a poet on. I had only met him a couple of times and he's a great guy, really, really funny guy. And I knew he, he would be an amazing guest on the podcast. Mm. And he sort of came on and he started to speak about Sylvia Plath. Right. I asked him, is that someone you've met on the scene? <laughs> Because <laughs> I didn't know who to that be was. Fair, yeah, I know. And I was hosting a spoken word podcast, <laughs> like all about poetry. And he looked oh. at me like, is that someone I've met on the scene? And I was like, yeah, I don't know. Who's Sylvia? Can we get her on? Yeah. <laughs> Next week. Uh, and that's the thing. I don't have any, I don't really have a grounding in yeah. like poetry yeah. as a thing. Because I never was into it. And to be honest, I kind of still not. But like, do you need to be? <laughs> no, I don't know whether you no, need not to be. at all. So uh, do you remember at what point you started writing and starting kind of writing poetry and mm. music and stuff like that is after i'd left uni right um and uh well in fact no the first poem slash rap mm-hmm. that i wrote was um during i had a summer job in uni and mm-hmm. i worked for gala bingo no biggie calling the numbers yeah no it was like their website it was the com- it was the website one right. the website one uh-huh and uh anyway i was um working there once and I came up with I wanted like an advert concept mm-hmm. and it was um, I don't know what you heard about uh, yep, yep. me that one what's that PMP yeah. mm-hmm. so I was working at Gala Bingo yes. and I came up with this song called um, Gar- Gala Bingo New RMP New RMP meant new real money player which was a, a sort of stat that we measured every day like basically wow. who had made an account and put money in it and then bet mm-hmm. it um, so new RMP and so it was an internal office banter <laughs> gold mine yep. I, I tell you yeah. anyway and I wrote this rap I don't know what you heard about me I'm a middle aged mum from Torquay <laughs> deposit £10 get £40 free 
because I'm a gala bingo new RMP. And then a whole <laughs> like, verse like that. Anyway, and I performed it at the like work Christmas party. Oh my God. And dare I say it, went down an absolute storm. Yeah, well, I it mean, would. it tore the place up. I can't imagine there's many of that going around the gala bingo <laughs> HQ, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so I, I would say that's the first thing I wrote. Mm. And generally, like the rap, it goes on. I'm not going <laughs> to indulge you too much. But I was actually like, yo, that was yeah. like, I was chuffed with it. Yeah. And it was quite, yeah, anyway. But then, after uni, I was working there again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I bloody loved the place. I yeah. went straight on back. And um, to be honest, by that point, I realised this wasn't the career for me, mm-hmm. really. Um, and I, on the notes, on this corner of the screen, on the on the laptop that I was working on, I'd just start writing funny poems, uh, basically, yeah. to pass the day. Yeah. <laughs> and i just, I would either record them as a voice note and ping mm-hmm. them to my mates and just be like, hey, I wrote this today, like, yeah, and then a year later I moved to London. Then a year after that I went to my first spoken word night. So wow. it was super, super late. Like, yeah. I wasn't really doing it too much before. Yeah, but it does kind of go to show that, like, I think I've been fortunate because, you know, I, I wanted to act from a really young age. Mm. So I think when you have something like that and you're fortunate enough to be supported by your parents in that ambition, mm. it's quite easy to follow the path. But, like, my sister, for example, four years older than me, she didn't have a fucking clue what she wanted to do. And she, like, stood, um, studied psychology at college, ended up doing psychology at uni, and then came out the other side of it. And that's so broad as well, so it never really narrowed down, and she never found out what she wanted to do until she was 30. Mm. So I think, you know, at that age, trying to figure out where you are, what your place in the world, kind of what you're saying about, like, what you want from life... Yeah. If it's not something that you've just known from a really young age, it can be so confusing. Oh, also, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's kind of bad. Like, So I like still have this a little bit now, but mm. when I was much younger, I had a really bad stammer. Even saying yeah. the word stammer makes me go back to well, my teenage self, right? Yeah. So I had a really, like, and when I, when I had a lot of work on and stuff, it would get <laughs> a lot of work on. <laughs> when I thought I was stressed. Oh, of course, yeah, right, yeah. I would... Um, uh, it would get worse. It was like an annual thing when the right. it, when the exams came mm. came around. It would get worse. So if you told me when I was like really bad as a teenager that I'd be a spoken word artist yeah. or even want want to get up on stage and speak in front of people, like that would be mental. That is wild. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you think you can do it with? I don't know. I am a little bit it, of a show off. Is and, it like and, entering into like a different yeah mind well, space? Do you know what? Or? So this is where some of the TED. Thing comes from because I almost feel like if when I do get up on stage um, and do anything, whether I'm mm-hmm. hosting or performing, yeah, um, it's like I don't know if this is normal, but it's like it's a different person. Like it's Sasha like it, <laughs> <laughs> No, but 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 it, but it but it is kind of odd. Like it yeah. doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like me mm-hmm. as such it's like I'm, I'm now performing yeah. it's like a two different modes yeah um and i love that feeling it's great like, yeah. and it, i don't think it's too disingenuous but but like whenever i watch something back that uh, someone filmed on the phone or yeah. whatever i always find it really odd that like i can't really relate like i I, I can remember what it felt like doing it, and then I'm watching it back, and it, uh, there's a disconnect there That's for some reason. Wild. Like, yeah, I don't yeah, really yeah. see myself. I, I, it's like I'm watching someone else. Do you feel present when you're, like, on stage? I... Honestly, not really. No. <laughs> wow. Not, like, not 
Not really. Like, yeah. is it like adrenaline? Is like the adrenaline and like yeah, the vibe I think of so. the room and stuff? Because that's what you're so good at doing is like picking up an energy in a room and kind of I like what you were saying to. about karaoke before, but like <laughs> feeding off the crowd and like yeah, off that energy must feed into how mm. you are and. And there's, I like, I think there's a part of that which can be risky because mm. you can sort of be guided that's the by not your own yeah. intentions by like what yeah. people what you think people yeah. want from you. I definitely suffered from that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it's it's a weird one. I think that's why anyone anyone performs, though, really. it's. Do, do you, like, like, get that when you act? Yeah, I used to get it a lot when I was younger. Um, I've spoken about it a bit on this podcast, but, like, acting for me used to be my uh, escapism. Mm. And then what I found by going to drama school and stuff, putting that pressure on it to become a career made me not able to access that part, which was, like, meditative almost, Mm. like, stepping out of yourself a little bit. Um, But more recently, I've started to reconnect with it, and I think a lot of it has been doing, like, poetry and stuff. Mm. Um, And just kind of losing yourself in a moment without... I think why I lost it was because I'd be acting, but I'd there'd be an external voice in my head that'd be like, this isn't good enough to get a job. Or, you know, if I'm auditioning, I'd be like, well, they think I'm shit. Like, but when you're doing poetry or something like that, when it's entirely for you and it's just you doing your art, it can be like stepping out of yourself a little bit. Mm. Um, but I think that is why a lot of artists do performance and stuff like that and music and everything because you write music as well don't you yeah yeah um yeah so when i was younger i did Mm -hmm. i did do music like i I was in a band (laughs) we had the worst band name i think i've i've ever heard uh it was because we recorded a uh, like an album in the at the attic of a friend of ours okay and um so quite inventively, we called, and we did it all, all night, often. We were called Attic Till Dawn. Yeah. Which, when you say it <laughs> in any till, other less sense. specific thing, it just sounds like you're at it till dawn. Like, it sounds like you're shagging wow, all yeah, night, yeah, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. And we were like 16, Which probably 17. would have been a clever play on words if that was the intention. We didn't, but it wasn't. None of us even clocked <laughs> that. I was like, wait, does it sound like we're at it? Till door, like <laughs> I don't remember us having that conversation, um, but um, wow. yeah. So I like did music, and yeah. I like I I sang when I was a teenager, mm-hmm. and I loved doing that. So yeah. that, that was sort so of. There's my, always been a part of you that's enjoyed that sort of. Yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. No, mm-hmm. I did, I did, I did love doing that. I just yeah, the spoken word stuff. It's kind of a different ball game because mm. it's um, like you kind of mentioned it's where where you write from is like super personal, yeah. whereas I think. Um, when you're in a band as well, it's kind of a collective thing. Mm. Um, and when you add music to stuff, it's sort of um, translated in a different way yeah. from to like the listener. Like they're, yeah. they're taking as much from the music as they are from like the lyrics or the melody and stuff. Yeah. Um, but when you're writing poetry, um, like there's little room for uh, um, a difference of interpretation. You know, like you you can be as the most blunt and precise yeah. of any art art form. Like, yeah. you don't... It's not wrapped up in anything else. No. But you've kind of tapped into a really beautiful thing with Grooveverse, which is sourcing these amazing poets and then an amazing jazz band and then kind of shoving the two together and it kind mm. of transcends 
poetry. Yeah. You know, it's no. So, like, I would definitely say that um, part of my uh, inner starting to feel like shit is coming mm-hmm. together comes from how personally, just yeah. like myself, how like genuinely pleased I am at how Grooveverse is going. Like, I. I it's love doing wild. it so much. Yeah. Like, and I, I love doing it so much. I think it's the best night in London. Like, I say this to everyone. Hey, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. But, like, whereas before, like, I would take any compliment with, like, uh, a embarrassed, yeah. like, oh, my God, no, I'm kind of in, I'm kind of embarrassed yeah. that you'd be nice to me or whatever there. Whereas before, I would sort of do that. And I think that's because the self-belief makes you think, oh, they're just being nice, yeah. you know? But I think with this little project that I've been doing, I've stumbled across something which I genuinely and personally am proud of. So, like, yeah. there's less self But it's less subjective as well, I think, because you can literally see how joyous everyone looks in the room. Mm. I know what you're saying about, like, accepting a compliment. I think when it's kind of someone saying, Saying, oh, that's you're so good. You're such a good poet. Like mm. that's the kind of stuff that makes you go, oh, I don't know, da da da. Yeah. But like Groovers, the community that you've built is kind of speaks for itself in that sense. And well, I, I, I just think that I stumbled across the scene, as I said, yeah. like relatively later on in life, and I came across so much talent. Like there is so much talent in yeah. the spoken word scene. And the main thing I remember thinking of was like. Why have I not come across this before? Yeah, like, the how is this art there. form so yeah. under appreciated mm-hmm. and under seen? And I just knew, I feel like what spoken word needs more than anything else is kind of like PR. Yeah, an ambassador. Like, like generally yeah. though, but like other art forms or even say like a football club, mm-hmm. right? They have budgets and teams to grow their fan base yeah. in an active sense. And that's one of the reasons like football and sport is one of the biggest forms of entertainment out mm-hmm. there because they've been doing this for decades yeah. and it's worked, right? But there's actually like thinking and planning behind it and then obviously money yes Mm -hmm. and now there's loads but when it would have started that wouldn't have been the case football's probably an extreme example but Mm -hmm. I feel like we can learn from places like that within the spoken word scene we need strategy to grow the fan base because it is there there is a fan base but so many of the fan base don't even know it exists but I think it's also reframing what people think spoken word is and what poetry is and kind of what we were saying before about like you kind of say spoken word to people who don't really know what it is and maybe they're a bit like like cringe a little bit because they think it's going to be some wonky kind of like you know in like a dark room with someone wearing like a black polo neck and yes you know and actually sometimes it can be like that (laughs) (laughs) i mean my polo neck is green but anyway um no no okay but but part of the reason why they think that is because it is a bit true yeah. Right. So, 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 and that's our responsibility yeah. as the scene um, to make it feel less cliquey. Yes. Not necessarily less clicky because we like the clicks, but, <laughs> <laughs> but less elitist. I think. Well, yeah. I would say with spoken word, uh, one of, one of the best things about the scene is also one of the things holding it back yeah. from growing. Now, one of the best things is, which we've already said, is that it's the most inclusive yeah. art form yeah. ever. And anyone can get up on stage, they will feel support from mm-hmm. the crowd, and they will be able to share their words in a safe space, basically. Mm. right? And that is literally, yeah. I think, the best thing about the art form, mm-hmm. and I would not want to change it no. in, in any way. But it's also one of the reasons why it's still niche. Because 
it's very, very rare within the spoken word scene for critique to come into things. Mm. For actual, like, hang on, okay, I liked what you did here. I didn't like this. You actually lost the room when you did this. You know, like, and and I think because people never face critique, people get guided in the wrong way. I see what you mean. And and it can sort of self-inflate someone's Mm. own perception of their skill level. Yeah. I think any other art form, let's call it rap or music or acting, right, you are constantly faced with criticism yeah, yeah the whole time uh-huh. yeah you, you can only do well in those worlds if you are constantly battling against criticism yeah. right mm-hmm. that's not the case in the spoken word scene and again as i said it's one of the good it's one of the yeah. good things about it but it's the one of the things holding so us back so interesting i've never thought about that before well we just need to create some spaces this is my solution we need to create some spaces where there is critique yeah. where it's hard to get, get on the lineup, yeah. where something to aim for as well. Something I to think. aim for, yeah. yeah. Something high because it pushes people, poets yeah. to do their best. Yeah, I love that. And for some people, sharing their words exactly. is actually enough. Yeah. So I think you can I'm separate people into like yeah. groups. So there's a part of the scene where honestly, just getting up in, in front of a room of people with a mic and sharing their experiences yeah. or trauma or whatever that's actually what they want to get out of it and that's what they need and that's yeah. totally what what they need and there will always be a space for yeah. people like that and i would never ever yeah. want to change that but what i would say is there's other groups of people that are looking to do something else they want to make a yeah. career from this yeah. they want to sell books they want yeah. to tour the country they want to write plays and stuff yeah. right so I, I would separate out those two people and if you're one of those people that wants to make a career from this mm. and you want to have have the scene grow so it's on TV more and stuff like that you want to be a spoken word artist as you create then you have to be open to critique and you you have to hear it and the problem is those people aren't hearing it enough Mm. and they are unfortunately missing some tricks I think Mm. to enable for that group of poets to grow and to appeal to a wider fan base in opposition to that then a time in your life where you felt like you really didn't have your shit together. So, okay, I've, I've recently switched jobs. Right. Um, and so the job I was in before, it was one of those cases which I, you hear a lot of people say, and you actually cringe when people say this, but I love the people that I work with. Like, generally love them. Yeah, they were yeah. absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm still really good friends with them now. Um, but it wasn't really what I wanted to do. Yeah. And the, the main reason why I sort of stayed was the people, but also... Um, I didn't know what I did want to do. So, yeah. like, yeah. you might as well not change something if you don't know what you want to change it to. to stop and just leap into the unknown. Exactly. So I would say at some point during that job, I was like, fucking hell, I'm hurtling towards my 30s. I'm not doing something that I would be pleased that I'm, I'm still doing mm-hmm. in five five years' time. So why am I on this ladder? Like, I don't want to climb it. Get off. Yeah. Basically, like, yeah. better to be at the bottom of a ladder you want to climb than yeah. halfway up one you don't. Yeah. So I was like, right, okay. But I didn't know the answer. Like, I had no other options. Like, some of my hobbies, I didn't think I wanted them to be a job because then they're not a hobby anymore. Yeah. And it's just, like, really quite a conflicted time. I was sort of fine, but I was, like, floating along like a dinghy in a water mm-hmm. park. And um, that lack of knowledge of where you're going next leads to this whole feeling of not feeling like you got your shit together. You Definitely, know? It's like, yeah. Because you don't know what's next. Yeah. You don't even know what you want to be next. Yeah, and it's that thing, isn't it, of, like, staying somewhere that you're comfortable 
and because you're scared of it ending, I think there's like a mm. quote that's like, your comfort zone is a beautiful place to be, but nothing ever grows there. Yes. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've recently, like, I can't remember if it was some kind of silly reel or something, but that exact sort of quote <laughs> came you, into TikTok. my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it sort of is, mm. is that. And since that job, I've so I've also moved place. Yeah. So I've moved where I live and I've also moved job. And that God, changed. The, the, the triple whammy. I know, right. Yeah. That sort of changed. Yeah. Like, I knew I wanted to change that would be mm-hmm. one thing I, just, I knew I want to change but I did not really know what or where that was no. lying but just changing one thing will like cause a domino effect I totally think, sometimes yeah, yeah 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 and like that thing on comfort mm. like my god as a default setting I gravitate towards comfort yeah. like I as don't we think do. that's the biggest sin in the world though no, like, no, no. especially when everything feels so overwhelmingly out of our control yeah like wanting to stay comfortable and safe is such a human Neat. So human, yeah. yeah. This is the other thing as well. I heard a piece of advice, which you should treat yourself like a dog you're looking after. That's cute. Right? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Of like, if you were responsible for a dog, mm-hmm. you're making sure it's getting fed yeah. this time of day. You're making sure it's getting its walk. You're getting all the jabs that it needs because it needs <laughs> yeah. to like whatever. Like you're responsible yeah, for it yeah. and you love the dog or whatever if uh-huh. you're a dog person. Yeah. Um, you, you actually sort them out before you, yeah. right? Like there's a priority shift. Mm-hmm. But I think if I was going to be a dog, I'd like to be a middle class Labrador. Oh, specific. Yeah. I reckon out of the whole universe, they're winning at life. Really? Do you not think? Yeah. Like, again, maybe, actually, maybe they're in their comfort zone, but they don't know they're they in their comfort know. zone. They're yeah. just like, oh, my God. They're living their best life. I've got a weird biscuit. Yes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they just, they see a park yeah. and they, go, they see a snowy park and go snowy absolutely park. mental at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, treat, I, I really like the idea uh, of doing that. When you first said that, I thought you were going to say treat yourself like you would a friend and I was like yeah I've heard that before but the dog thing no, like, I, is that, a whole that's other why level. I think the dog thing works better yeah it because, does because you, you don't feed a friend exactly unless it's a unless strange a circumstance yes, yeah. yes 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 sure yeah. yeah but dog yeah that's brilliant yeah hey whilst I've got you if you like what you're listening to why don't you give it a little like or a little share or a little subscribe send it to your nan who knows she might get something out of it the more people who hear about it the cooler guests we can get Thank you for listening. Three things that make you feel like shit. Okay. The first thing I would say is when people you have faith in or respect let you down. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, yeah, that's good. That's dark, isn't it? Yeah. But just like if you sort of put your faith or trust in someone, just to be honest, I wouldn't say it's happened to me loads, yeah. right? But it's just like the glimmers of times that it has happened mm. in my life. Like it's a real like lull of, of feeling. But if you trust someone too much or you expect them to treat you as you treat them uh, and then they don't it's a real I think that makes me feel like shit if Mm. that happens Um, Mm. again not that it happens too much but like that's that's really bad that sort of like yeah that faith and trust in another human and them not living up to it I like also have a bit of a thing where if someone has ever kind of done that like, I find it hard to forgive someone for something like that. Oh, yeah. Like, if it cuts deep mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, wait, you're not willing to treat other people how people treat you. I think I'm slowly learning that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Slowly. I think before I had not learned that and did expect that from people. Yeah. I sound, uh, I sound like, God, I'm walking around like this <laughs> absolute angel of a human and all these mere yeah. mortals. But just like, I don't know, maybe I, like in some relationships or friendships mm. and stuff in the past, I've been overly trustful yeah. or like overly 
whatever, because I, I like to think I try and see the best in people. And sometimes yeah. if that's not reciprocated, it's like a real shit feeling. It's like, yo. But then also, what is the alternative? Because you go into something suspicious and not trusting and then you mm. don't let anyone in properly yeah so that isn't better no, no 100% I would always like the default I think what you said of like it's almost if that doesn't be reciprocated don't deep it I think there's such a tendency to invest in people and to like I see like a little pink flag and I'm like no no like I'll give you another chance <laughs> like I can fix this we can we can talk this through like I know you're struggling we'll sort this out you know and specifically in like relationships and stuff like that yeah. but most of the time if someone's like letting that down, mm. that guard down and you're seeing it, rarely are they going to change a lot. Spot on. And the more that you invest and the more that you kind of... The least it works. And yeah. the more painful it is at the other side of it because you're like, fucking hell, you're less willing to step away from it because you're like, I've spent fucking months trying to fix you. <laughs> What was it for? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I would I would suffer yeah. from that 100%. Um, and yeah, th- likewise with like blossoming relationships or Mm -hmm. non-blossoming relationships like I can have blinkered vision Mm. as to like negative habits of theirs like things which I don't do to them Mm. like I can just ignore them like it's like I don't even register that they're happening it's like my mates have to be like wait what? he's done what? and I'm like yeah "Yeah." now you say it it's a bit weird but before I won't even I, I don't even like really think of it but then when you then clock it it's like Ah, oh, I think this is why I want to be a middle class Labrador because they don't <laughs> they don't have these sort of quarrels and like they'll oh, trust, trust anyone they yeah. see to their own detriment though I would say well that's why you want to be a middle class yeah. lab because it's not to their own <laughs> no, detriment no, no. they've got a bloody roast lamb for dinner yeah oh my god gorgeous. do you know what I mean yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. another thing having the feeling that I'm not doing as well as I could like yeah. maybe that's a common is that so common. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Just like oh, the yeah. sort of feeling of like, I could be doing better. Like oh, I could 100%. be working a bit harder. I Every could single be fucking day. achieving yeah. a bit more. Um, and that's a, probably a good drive. But like when you recognize it in, in yourself, yeah. it's like... Do you, is that something that you struggle with a lot? Like, is that a... I think so. Yeah. Because like, I'm desperate to try and figure out like, you know, when I'm 40, 50, 60, will I consider myself a success? Like, will I have achieved the things that I want to have achieved? And it's like, am I doing the stuff now that leads to that? Yeah, yeah. It's like, I think so. Yeah. But I I don't know. know? Like, yeah, yeah, like, it it would be like, and the the other thing, um, that lots of people do and again this could be a 20s thing is comparing yourself to your friends Mm. or like other people that you know you know like um, a friend of a friend of mine set up this like NFT company and a year later was a millionaire (laughs) just like oh why didn't I do that yeah Yeah. you know should have bought a board ape during lockdown I didn't realise that was a necessity oh my god to be honest yeah but like so and and you can compare yourself also with people you've known for a long time, like people from when you were younger. Mm. Like, you can see where they are now and you're like, wait, we had the same starting point. Yeah. And they're a little bit ahead. That's annoying. But in a way that didn't exist for, like, our parents' generation because you're still in contact on Facebook and Instagram. Re- re- reunited, yeah, yeah, started yeah. <laughs> this whole craze and they've been, we've been buggered ever since. I think the two things, though, are kind of a product of each other. Like... Yeah. Instagram and, you know, whatever, comparing yourself to people who you do or do not know. Mm. Um, and that breeding that kind of toxic productivity feeling, which is like, I need to be doing something, I need to be fucking achieving, yeah. like, da, 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 I'm not doing enough. And 
I also think there's like you you can't switch off from it in the same way like even the internet has changed now so it's just on your phone constantly so like I used to come home from school and log on to MSN mm-hmm. be on that for a couple of hours and then switch off and then like have some time from the TV and go to bed it wasn't like on your phone instant checking in throughout the day like seeing that Sandra from school has just like mm. bought another pony or something <laughs> like that you know it's it's so it's so constant in our lives now that yeah. it's like yeah I feel very sorry for the kids that have had to go through their teenage years um with that we were the last generation Mm. really to have had kind of both we were at the kind of crossover so I was MSN era big up the like couldn't use the phone at the same time as the internet yeah (laughs) do you remember the shake thing like a Like is that when you're like nudging someone? Yeah, you yeah. could like shake their thing yeah. and stuff like that. For so, attention. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah. But 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 I'm so grateful that that was all we really had. Yeah. You know, like I'm really grateful for mm. that because I think it changes the social dynamics so of much. a group of humans who are like literally their brain isn't fully developed yeah. yet. It's changing how they relate to one another, how they compare themselves yeah. to one another. And like it's not changing it in a good way. No. And the fact that they know nothing else um, is unfortunate. Yeah. Really, un- yeah, really sure. unfortunate. And uh-huh. like they have, they've had no other choice. Um, and I'm grateful we were really on the cusp of that a little bit, to be I honest. Know. I think having had that, like having had the memory of those kind of things, like, yeah, we were on the computer for a little bit and then the dial up dialed off. <laughs> yeah. um, and you just played, a, I don't know, yeah. did something yeah, away did something from that world. Yeah. Like not comparing yourself to yeah. your entire network of friends yeah. and family from yeah. all over the world. Like yeah. location doesn't even restrict anything. No. It's like you're not even comparing yourself to your schoolmates. No. Like it's everyone else in the world. It's like people in LA. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it's wild. Yeah, you're at home and you're seeing the like daily lives of people all over the world. Yeah. And you can... This, this, uh, I did want to speak about the social media thing yeah. <laughs> when we were, when we we're going to do this because when you mentioned like what this kind of brief of this podcast, mm. I was like, oh well, because I've had it a couple of times, and maybe you have this as yeah. well, with someone you haven't seen in a while who follows you on socials, or whatever, comes up to you and be like, hey, like I've been amazing, what you've been doing, like you've been doing this mm. and that, and you feel, I feel that disconnect between your own experience and what they are mm. placing upon you, yeah. and it's like I think everyone get, gets that. And that's only been created because we are constantly looking at other yeah. people's lives and you fill in the gaps. Through, yeah, exactly. Through like chosen photos that they mm. have thought do them justice, yeah. you know. It's it's why I wanted to make this podcast was mm. as like an antidote to Instagram culture because of that. I was having that sensation of like, I was comparing myself to my friends and stuff and then I'd have a conversation with them and they'd, I'd be like, oh, you're miserable too. Okay, great. Mm. <laughs> if only I knew that, I'd feel so much better about myself, you know. Yeah. And I just think, yeah, there's, there's no room really for like honest conversation and like that lived experience being shared on Instagram in the Mm. same way because how can you capture that? I find it so jarring when they have this perception of me as this successful actor, which to an outside point of view, I have to remind myself and be like, oh, that's what it looks like, but I don't fucking feel like that ever. Like, I'm constantly waking up and looking at myself in the mirror and being like, you're failing. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Or like, And it, it was wild because when I first got Outlander, I remember I had six months when I came out of drama school where I was auditioning and not getting anything. And I had a conversation with my friend and I was like, 
you know, I, I don't feel like I can identify as an actor because no one has ever, like, I'm going for these jobs, but I'm not getting them and no one's ever given me, like, the golden ticket to say you are an actor. Mm. So I feel like I'm a fraud. And I was like, I just need that one job that's going to give me the confidence to say that I'm an actor. I get it. You don't that feel lasts it. for, like, a day. <laughs> and then immediately I'm like oh, fuck, and then you've got imposter syndrome mm. and then you're suddenly in like a slight, like you've stepped up a rung on a ladder and then you're surrounded by people who are like, have had 10 jobs whilst you've only had one. So you're mm. like, well, I'm not, I'm just an accident. Like, I'm not really an actor and like, I need one more job to prove that this wasn't an accident. I don't know whether that ever ends. Well, the one thing I would say is mm. part of that is good because yeah. part of that creates drive. Yeah. Right, so like it's not all bad. No, is it? no, that that's a good thing. way to think of it. Actually, like part of it is a is of benefit yeah. to you, but it's the realizing it for what it is. So literally, what you've just said, yeah. like just just being aware that that's actually what it is. That from the outsider point of view, um, your life can look a different way, and also the way you see the people that you're comparing mm. in the oh, well, they've had ten jobs. That's the same trick, isn't it? Yeah. It's just from a different ag yeah. angle. Um, and so I think to some extent, maybe it never goes goes yeah. away for like the vast majority of people. I don't, I can't um, imagine it does. Because then I think, you know, let's say, let's say fame is what you're aiming for. Not that anyone necessarily aims for fame, but if that mm. comes as like a byproduct of the career that you're choosing, then you're envying the people who can just walk down the street and not get... Exactly. Noticed all yeah, the time. you just change. Like, you change that. Oh, I'm jealous yeah. of your life. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I could go to Costa and get a coffee and not be ambushed by thousands <laughs> of fans. My God. I think that's why it's so important to have like a grounding community around you that yeah. can keep your head like screwed on and mm. um, be the true friends who were there before any of that happened. Yeah. Treat you how they always have. Yeah. Take the piss out of you yeah. in the same way they always did. I think, yeah. yeah, that that must be really the most isolating thing of fame. Mm. That lack of that sort of feeling you used to have with your friendship group. Yeah. Where you were just one of them. Yeah. You know, like the sort of lack of that, as I feel, would be an odd thing to aspire towards. Mm -hmm. Like, I think also why I think people that are fame hungry are never satisfied. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you're in the game you're in for fame, it's not going to work. Mm -mm. You're not going to get you're what you want. You're never going to be happy, exactly. Because what you want is not really what you want. Mm. Three things that make you feel like the shit. We didn't say a third, and I oh. want to say the third that makes you feel bad is Please. cooked tomatoes in a fry-up. Cooked tomatoes in a fry-up? That needs, that needs to go. Really? Yeah, it needs to go. I wow. like tomatoes, not hot not ones, cooked. and a fry up. So that's the third thing Roast. that makes me feel bad. No, like when they're just there, like yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not. No, uh, yeah. no. I agree. So that's the third thing okay. that makes me feel bad. That is. Okay, so three things that make you feel good. <laughs> three things that make you feel like the shit. <laughs> the shit. Okay, the first one is hosting Groovers. Yeah. I know we've spoken about it already, uh -huh. but I love doing it. It's my favorite thing yeah. to do ever, and I love bringing you guys on, yeah. combining it with the musicians. That is that makes me feel like the shit. Mm -hmm. I'll be straight up. Like yeah. I love doing that. Um, and well when it goes well yeah because <laughs> it doesn't always it's an improvised show so like you never know yeah You're, everyone's it normally never, I have attended most of them and it never comes across like it doesn't go well like no. you hold it together yeah and, and that um, uh, I, that's very nice you to say thank you <laughs> first of all I, I would say that but um, yeah it's like I'm the most critical of it because it's sort of the thing but so also like it's, sometimes I'm yeah. just like oh. 
Also, it's that thing of, um, because I get it with doing podcasts, for example. Like, Mm -hmm. I invite people and I'm so grateful that people come and everything like that. And I hope that people want to be here. But because you've, you've put it on, it's like that feeling responsible for people and like are they have so you're kind of present but you're also like are they having a good time like are they do they feel comfortable totally. like, do, 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 like do the audience look like they're having a good time okay great like, like so responsible for bringing those people together in that that's so true yeah. it's such a unique feeling you can't that. rest no you can't no. which is probably explains why it is actually really kind of tiring yeah like it's ta- it's taxing yeah. it's mentally taxing um i think you're so right yeah, yeah. because you're you're sort of conscious right in the case of group verse like are the band have they got their mm-hmm. drinks and stuff and um are they sort of comfortable and happy yeah. like do they think that the poets are good that's yeah. another thing oh, that I sort that's of, interesting so i'm just praying about yeah because like the 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 type of artists that the bands play with uh-huh. are the best of the best so the guitar player we had at the last one the week before he was on group verse he was playing for Lowell Carner on Jules Holland. Yeah. Fuck me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I'd have known that. He's like... been on Jimmy Fallon. Oh my God. Um, wow. The 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 drummer. I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna name drop because they don't like it when I do that. Because yeah. I'm like, oh what well, they want to this. Uh, okay, I'm gonna do this. Our piano player uh-huh. the week before the last show yeah. was playing at the Royal Albert Hall for Celeste. So these guys, these people are like they're the yeah. best of the best. Like they're top so good, yeah. and so basically, I feel responsible yes, that yeah. I've brought them to this yeah. night. But I feel responsible of like I want to make them them be proud of the night. You mm. know, like the the I want the musicians to be surprised yeah. at how it went. Mm. And more often than not, that does happen. Mm. But I feel that responsibility for that, and that's my lineup choice yeah. in, on the poet side. You know, it's like when if it, I have to pick people that are gonna engage mm-hmm. with the audience and the band and create something in the moment yeah. that's kind of special yeah. um, so when that does happen yeah. all those things aligned I feel like the shit yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be honest I do yeah, yeah. so that was number one yeah. I, I, I would say so mm-hmm. self uh, yeah what else makes me feel like the shit or I mean <laughs> in the words of Paolo Nutini wearing a new pair of shoes mm-hmm. I've recently and I'm wearing a new pair of shoes at Campa Docks oh so beautiful platformy platformy yeah. the quad there I shiny say, I need an extra inch whenever I can get it <laughs> um, and these help um, my, I have a friend of mine that works at Doc, oh, Doc Martin such I get, a good I get a bit complex, of discount yeah. yeah I know it really is wow. um, when you were, I, to be fair actually with Docs it's not the first time it's you definitely them, not it's because <laughs> yeah. I'm only a month or so in it's when, a month when, it's when you break them in <laughs> yeah. that makes me feel like mm. the shit you're, you're, you're trotting around you become around. one with the shoe you become yeah. one one with the shoe uh-huh. and suddenly you connect mm-hmm. and it moulds to your foot and you're walking around being like not only do I look like the, the shit, shit. Yeah, absolutely. feel like the shit uh-huh. yeah. yeah a new pair of shoes mm-hmm. Um, shout out to Pound and Nutini. Yeah. A third thing mm-hmm. that makes me feel amazing. Mm-hmm. I haven't done it in a while, uh-huh. and I should have done. This is bad of me. Spinning class. <gasps> wow. Okay. The- that surprises me. <laughs> <laughs> why? <laughs> tell me exactly why. Because I fucking hate it. So like, I well, no, I- we're same. Okay, no. But, but you cycle? Do you not? I do cycle. So you choose to cycle on the spots in I your cycle own time. To the spinning class. Right. Pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Um, but no, no. So during, feel terrible. Oh, absolutely, absolutely hate it. Yeah. It's that five minutes after you've done it. The, the and if, if you've really pushed, if you've, if yeah. you've, and now I, uh, spinning class teachers, you've got to get your music in order. Okay. You've got to make the class align with the mm-hmm. beat. 
the the sections of the song. I want to be going uphill when the, the sound music is, sounds yeah, like it's yeah. going uphill, uh-huh. and I want to be hammering it home mm-hmm. when the beat drops. Yeah. If you do do a spinning class and the 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 song choice is spot on, you're just like banger, 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 yeah. banger, banger. The things align. Yeah. yeah, that makes me cycle quicker. And then when you finish, you literally feel like the shit. Your thighs are just. Your thighs. Do you are have that burning. feeling like when when you've been like roller skating or something, then you take the skates off and you mm. feel like you're still kind of yeah, yeah, still, still in motion. Cycling, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That definitely happens with spinning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, but to be fair, I then got on my bike and cycled oh away, so I get the feeling again. Wow. Um, and do you do you choose tunes to uh, align with your cycle home? Yeah, sort of. I used to. I don't do it anymore because I've got AirPods. It's one of the things that make me feel like I've got my shit together. But yeah. actually, it's just a sign of the cap of the capitalistic yeah. process of me desiring well, quite good consumer to not goods. Knock out. But it does make you zone out and focus mm. on the music you're listening to. Uh, I used to, before that, I was the obnoxious person with a speaker in their backpack. Wow. That was me. That but takes a confident person, I think. It does. It's almost the equivalent to the back of the bus music. It's similar. Yeah. But I will tell you for why it is different. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I give the people, no, not necessarily what they want, what they need. Okay. <laughs> okay. Right. So do they need a bit of like Patti LaBelle disco uh-huh. at 9am on a Monday? Yes. Wow. Yes, they do need You're that. You're just a natural host in every setting, it seems. <laughs> but the thing is, right, sure, we're at a red light, yeah. okay? We're about to cross red. We're mm-hmm. at a cycling red light, which is a compact, unique scenario. It's similar to being on the tube on a, yeah. when it's busy. You're surrounded by lycra and flashing lights mm-hmm. and, and testosterone mm-hmm. and flags for little carts with their kids on. Like, you're surrounded by an odd environment of people that are simultaneously focused on their journey. Mm-hmm. But you've got about 45 seconds to change the way their morning or mm. evening is going and ain't the mountain high enough, do that. Yes. <laughs> Does it do it in a positive way? Yes. Could it possibly do it in a bad way? No. No, never. No. Never. So I think it's all about song choice. Mm-hmm. And when I see someone cycling around with like heavy techno on an electrically charged bike, wearing all waterproof Selfish. clothing and something like that, I consider myself able to look down upon them, even though I partake in a similar activity. Yeah. You're doing it for the people, they're doing it for themselves. That is yeah. the exact difference. Mm-hmm. Something that makes you lose your shit in a positive and a negative way. The last time I did completely lose my shit, uh, this could be a bit of a cliche, but it was at Glastonbury and watching Sam Fender. This is going to be the end of the uh, podcast. <laughs> I've never been to Glastonbury. What? And I'm livid, and I'm livid. I've tried, I've tried every single fucking year. I've tried every year and I've never got a ticket, but I worked as a bin man. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Did you? <gasps> get out. Fuck you. I know, Did you get literally. them normally? Like, someone got them for you? Someone got them for us. <sighs> yeah. I sat, I sat for Shit. an hour with that fucking white screen. Mm, don't. God, I can't. Anyway, continue. So my mum got a ticket and I didn't. <laughs> Yeah, you heard that right. Wow. Yeah, I was gutted about that. Wow. I am still going to go. I'm just yeah. going to be a bin man again. Wow, yeah. Well, so me and my mum are going to be at Glasgow nice. together, which Lovely. I cannot That's wait so for. Sweet. Yeah, 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 I can't wait for that. But she's also a Sam Fender fan. Okay. But um, Sam Fender, mm-hmm. I, I completely lost my shit. Really? At okay. Last year when he was headlining. Yeah. He was main stage. I missed the first couple of songs because I was seeing him a couple of months later. I was like, it's fine. Yeah. Anyway, but then I still went halfway through. I arrive at the main stage, uh, 17 going under comes on. Wow. I'm in a pink leotard covered Stunning. in like kisses 
and like gaps mm-hmm. on my chest and I've got like platform shoes on Gorgeous. face full of makeup yep. I look to be fair I don't look like a Sam Fender fan <laughs> <laughs> which was the oddly conflicting yeah. thing about it um, he normally attracts sort of Newcastle shirt wearing flag waving mm-hmm. um, Geordies yes and other people <laughs> um but I am a huge Sam Fender fan. Wow. I absolutely, I think yeah. his music's incredible. Yeah, I think he's, he's of this generation. He's bossing it mm-hmm. in a way that very few other people are. Yeah. He's a true artist and I think he's amazing. And Big that Bruce was the Springsteen first time. From... I, exactly, yeah. exactly. He's bringing mm-hmm. that whole yeah. genre uh-huh. completely into the modern mm-hmm. world, making it British. I'm here for yeah. it. Um, it's so cool. I think he's great. I'd, I'd melt if I met him as well, actually. But I feel like I, I would, I'd melt in a different way. Oh, I have met him. You have. I had a wee next to him. Yeah. Wow. But I didn't melt. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was... This, <laughs> this is a weird story. So actually, should we go for that story? Yeah, do you want to sure. do that? So uh, for my mum's 60th, mm-hmm. shout out to my mum. Yeah. Uh, we went to Ronnie Scott's. Amazing. Me and my mum went to Ronnie Scott's mm-hmm. together. We had espresso martinis and we felt like rock, rock stars. Yeah, yeah. And it was a really, really lovely evening. Um, we were sat there and we watched the main show and then we stayed on for the Late Late Show. Mm-hmm. And I'm sat there and Sam Fender and his band walk into Ronnie Scott's from afar, the, the other side. And I'd only recently gotten into his music like two months mm-hmm. before. My mum hadn't heard of him yet. He walks into his band and I was like, that's Sam Fender. Like, I, I, I couldn't quite tell because it was the other side of the room. It's, yeah. too, it's really dark in there. And I was like, I think that is Sam Fender and his band. But I wasn't sure. And anyway, I was like, mum, mum, that's Sam Fender. She was like, who's Sam Fender? I was like, your future self is going <laughs> to hate you for asking that question. But anyway, I see Sammy boy pop off to the loo. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I'd just been to the loo. But I thought, this is my chance. I can find out whether or not this is Sam Fender yeah. by going for a wee right him. now. But this did backfire. And you'll find out why in a little bit. <laughs> I then go downstairs to the loo, eager to mm-hmm. not miss the window with which he might be doing a wee. <laughs> and um, walk into the loo and it's Geordie, Geordie, Geordie. Wow. And I'm like, yes, yeah. this is I'm Sam home. Fender. Where's he at? <laughs> he's at? He's at the urinal. So I suddenly line up next to urinal. I'm standing there and I'm scared shitless. I'm just staring at the wall. Like sort of, you know, when you're like trying to look in the corner of your yeah. eye, like that's Sam Fender. But I was trying to not. Definitely like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I didn't need a wee. Oh my God. And in the urinals, you can tell whether the other person is weeing or not. And I was desperately like, and the longer he was staying there, I was like, he knows I don't need a wee. Just making I'm the not noise doing with your wee. voice. Yeah. And I was just like, <laughs> but I was just like, please, can you just finish up and go so I can pretend that I'm like shaking it off like Taylor Swift. God. And um, eventually, luckily he went, just before it got probably a criminal offence for me to be there. <laughs> and um, I didn't go up to him, but just as I left a couple hours later, like literally as I was leaving, I was a bit more drunk by this point. You were handed and I, a restraining order. So. <laughs> yeah, I quickly went up to him at the bar and I was like, just want to say your album last year was the best album of the year. Wow. And I, I, I ran away straight away the yeah, moment yeah, I said yeah. it for this exact reason. Yeah. I was like, I don't want him to get awkward. I just I just want to tell him that his album's amazing. Yeah. So I did that and I went, anyway, yeah, cheers. And I was like, bye. I just ran away. And um, nice. I was super proud of that moment. Yeah. But yeah, when I lost my lost shit, shit. Sorry, it was genuinely 17 going under wow. at Glastonbury. I went ballistic. God, festivals are so good for that. They really yeah. are. They really mm-hmm. are. And I, yeah, I've tried to watch the footage back and spot myself in the crowd, but we were, I was quite far back. Sometimes you don't want to watch the footage back, though. You just have to trust that feeling of it being the fucking shit. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. then when you watch the footage back, you're like, 
Oh, God. Yeah, no, you're so right. <laughs> I want to keep that memory I for myself. I felt like I was dancing so good. And, oh, my yeah. God. I was, I was yeah. running. I was running around going crazy. Oh. I had this jacket I was throwing up mm. in the air. and I mean, I was probably a bit annoying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was amazing. Yeah. He, he killed it. Wow. So, yeah, I would say that, that's the last time I completely mm-hmm. lost my shit. And in a negative way? So In a negative way. So Do you know what? I don't off... I'm not... This is harder to answer mm-hmm. because I generally don't like really lose mm-hmm. my shit in a negative way. Like losing my, I feel like the 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 question begs more than just like when you were angry or just like got annoyed about something. <laughs> yeah. Like losing your shit for me, or like something that makes you lose your shit in a negative way. So like it's not, um, but like something you find annoying or. So so it can just be yeah. like oh, yeah. not as deep. Yeah, because I'm sort of going like on the same scale that how oh, much right, I okay. lost my shit at Glastonbury with Sam Fender. Yeah. I'm thinking the opposite of that. Do so I not me, need to go that well, far? Well, something that makes me lose my shit is when someone puts the toilet roll on the wrong way around. <laughs> it really <laughs> fucking annoys me. It really fucking annoys me. And I was like, fuck's sake, like, why am I the only person? Who... Okay, I've, okay, I've got it. You've given yeah. me the perfect thing. Do you want to know this? This made me, this made me lose my shit. It happened uh-huh. recently. A fox has started to come into our house and bedroom <laughs> right into my bedroom with a key he just comes in yeah well. and he wheezes and he poos everywhere how is he getting in right one of the ways he gets in so I- fantastic <laughs> <laughs> so one of the ways is uh, i live on the second floor i'm in like right. an attic room a bit like when the album happened mm. and i'm in an attic room yeah. and uh I often in the day keep my window open Mm because it's like nice he comes on the roof and comes in the window that's one way he gets in the other way he gets in they are getting so cocky these little city foxes this and now this is the odd question Mm -hmm. something of which I didn't expect to be asking you but have you ever smelt fox wee I have not right you definitely haven't because you would know know. like if you had it is the most (laughs) pungent disgusting smell unforgettable stench. Oh my stench, God, unforgivable. Right? Yeah. And he's in my room and he's weighing on my rug, on my backpack, at the end of my bed. He also did a poo. Whoa. Mm-hmm. That didn't smell as much. I was less annoyed okay. about that. <laughs> Clearing it up was vile. Yeah, but it easier wasn't as to bad. deal with, I Much think. easier to deal with. Yeah, my weirdly God. enough, you wouldn't have anticipated that. But the stench. And then, this is the the answer to the question. I was working from home one day and the fox had happened and I was like, fucking hell. And I'm going, I went to Sainsbury's to buy some carpet cleaner because my carpet stank of yeah. fox wheat. Yeah. A fair, a fair in, endeavour. <laughs> and I'm gone for an hour right. or so. Because I've also had to go to the laundrette and draw, wash all my clothes because oh I was just pranging about the smell and my backpack. As I, so I had to air my room as uh-huh. I was away at lunch. So I open all the windows. I come back. He's been in again. I lost my shit. Oh, my God. I'd lost my shit. My housemate sent me a video whilst I was away of this fox sat in my room. The audacity. Did it again. Wow. I went... Mocking you at this point. Fucking mental. Yeah, I've got the video on my phone. Oh, my God. I I, I came back and was like... This carpet cleaner was like being spread around like fucking snow. Like, you are getting out of my fucking room. And to be fair, he's never been back since. He must have picked up on my... On the sincerity of my vibe. Wow. Fucking hell, that's hilarious. Yeah, I did. That's a lot that I lost my shit. I think that would make me lose my shit. It was the second time.
moment you found some shit out about yourself? Ooh. So, okay, I'll say what the obvious answer was, and that was realising that I wasn't straight. Mm-hmm. Um, ooh, how new and exciting. <laughs> That's actually the first time that anyone said it on this. Really? Yeah. Okay, so that was the obvious answer, mm-hmm. but I, I, I wasn't happy with that when my yeah. brain was thinking of that. I think the better realisation, and it's a bit self-indulgent as well, but anyway, that's sort of the question does beg that, but mm-hmm. realising that. So I sort of said I was bi when I first came right. out, and then sort of went and said I was gay. Basically, none of my mates know what the fuck I am, mm-hmm. and uh, I would probably agree with them to some extent, yeah. like... I'm something. I like people. Mm-hmm. Um, people are cool. And some people I want to be more than friends with, you know? Like, Amazing. that's kind of how it works. More recently, that's mostly been guys. Um, and I'm fine with that. But um, but I think the the, the thing, the, the thing which I've realised... What was Say the question again. A moment you found some shit out about yourself. Right, so finding shit out about myself is I... Um, I've, the, the word that I think fits better for me... And which I've only really sort of realised mm-hmm. is like queer, I think. Right. Like I'm just not straight, yeah. which I think is what queer means. Yeah. There's lots of different definitions. Yeah. But like, and also the thing which I realised about myself is I'm cool with that. I don't, I don't really yeah. give a shit. Like, it, like I'm, like, even, I don't like the idea that you need a label to say what you are. Like, I don't even like the fact that I've said just now that I'm queer. Like, I don't like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm me. That's why yeah. I am, right? But, like, if I have to use one of the terms, mm-hmm. that's probably the one that I'd use. But the the thing which I've realized is, is I'm just one of those things. Yeah. And I sometimes I'm some of this, sometimes I'm some of that. Also, people don't really give a shit. So I shouldn't give a shit. No. So, boom. It's like, I think... When you first come to realise that you're not straight, you're looking for, okay, well then, what am I? What am I I then? And I think what I've realised is I don't need to look for that. Um, So that's the thing which I've realised is like, I'm just not straight. Like if that, if the way to say that is queer, cool, I'm that. If it's not, it's not, whatever. I'm me. I like people. Um, Some people like me. Very few, actually. (laughs) It's a bit unfortunate. (laughs) Horrendously single. The society that we live in, though, does kind of beg people to kind of conform to that binary of, okay, well, if you're not straight, then you must be gay. Yeah. And, like, coming out of the not straight category, Mm. yeah, it must be a head fuck because you're you're wanting to prescribe something not confusing for the people. Yeah, you want to fill that void of their perception that they had of you before you came out. Yeah. So that um, feels like a healthier way to identify, for yeah. sure. It's sort of a non-ident- non-identification. Yeah. Um, that's the thing which I've realised. Yeah. It's like, actually, fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you, man. Yeah. Uh, but just like, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm so much more comfortable uh, not not identifying or something. Mm. There you go, when I say yeah, that. I like that. I'm me. <laughs> <laughs> and that sounds really ridiculous. But um, yeah, and, but I, I actually think uh, a lot of people would be able to relate to that. And I feel like you don't hear many people sort of state that a little yeah. bit, like be a bit ambiguous about who or what they like or who they're into. Like, um, because people are s- often guided or nudged towards having an answer to a that label. question, yeah. uh, to a label, to a group. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's probably lots of people out there that sh- sort of cling to groups and labels mm-hmm. that like don't need to and yeah. would be better or more comfortable in in their own skin if they didn't um so uh if anyone yeah i think i think that's a fine thing to be i think that's that's cool as well like be that if you want to yeah definitely that's a great answer (laughs) shittest piece of advice you've received (laughs) well okay so this may be more of an abstract 
answer. Mm -hmm. But I think it's not advice from like someone, but it's like advice from the world is um, this sort of difference in striving for money versus striving for self-fulfillment and success in your own terms. So I think I was previously advised by the world that I should focus on uh, money and earning a lot of money and being able to get a mortgage and buy a car and sort of not worry and go on a holiday to the south mm. of France. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, um, that sort of pursuit of monetary and financial security was sort of subconsciously kind of embedded within me I think yeah. when I was younger and um so that's sort of advice from the wider world in which I grew grew up in and I perceive that to be bad advice like I I I don't think that's the aim I think that can be a secondary yeah. thing which might happen if you're successful mm -hmm. but what is successful means I think successful means that you've not put money first I think if you put money first like I don't think getting the money makes you feel well it doesn't for me no like that doesn't alleviate the feeling of like oh am i doing the right no. thing it's actually focusing on something you really want to do like a passion an interest but working hard yeah. at it and money might come later money might come if you're really good at it money might not come yeah that's not the important bit and it's not the thing to aim for and it's not the thing to strive for and my future self who's having a nightmare trying to like fucking remortgage a house because I'm skint it's probably shouting at me now being like <laughs> hey worry a bit about it you <laughs> muppet but like nah yeah. I sort of I sort of the other version of my future self which is like more content and happy with what they're currently doing mm. um, is agreeing with me I yeah. think shit you wish you'd known sooner <laughs> that <laughs> shit I wish I knew yeah. sooner yeah um, okay, got an obvious answer, which is a bit cliche, which is that what people think of you doesn't matter. Is that an obvious answer? Do you like get that a lot? Uh, no, in various iterations yeah. around the same thing. Yeah. So yeah, that's why I don't want to go with that because I feel yeah. like that's like a, an obvious one. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm going to think of something else. Things you wish you'd known earlier. Shit you'd wish you'd known earlier. Mm-hmm. Um... I think I have an answer to this. Uh -huh. And I think the answer is that your parents are human. I love that, yeah. Um, and they're fallible. Fallible, absolutely. And that's cool. Yeah. And if you don't think they are, you don't know them yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's actually the most beautiful part of the change that. in relationship with your parents. Mm. And, like, forgiving them. Yeah. yeah. And leaning in, leaning into yeah. it. And, like, that, that crossover, again, that happens... Early twenties, mid twenties, mm. late twenties, is you you see them when when you start to look back and you can see them as an adult, but the same age that you are now. Yeah, you're like, oh, you were like the same as me, but mm -hmm. like before, and like any and also any positives or negatives which I see in your character or your personality, like bet you I've got them. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what yeah. I mean? So, you know. 
there's a crossover that happens when you go through your 20s where you realize that and I think it's beautiful I think it's really cool and it like mm. changes as you said it changes your relationship with your parents it becomes more like a friendship I think it is a yeah. friendship yeah and it's a whole different mm. there is still that like guidance part of it and that's great and I wouldn't want to change that but it's just like they're further along on the journey of like figure it out yeah <laughs> like, they're just you but, but that's yeah, the thing. they yeah. might not even be further along no. they're just they're, they're just older mm. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah that's all it is yeah. and you speak to people that are like really old or mm. in our perception really old like 80 90 yeah, right yeah. and um they don't say they feel 80 90 like no. they don't say it, no. in their head like how old do you feel like that that's quite a weird question like how old do you feel because because yeah. what does that really mean like what are you saying you feel like is is that just like at what age did you stop feeling your age changed that's yeah. probably what that question really means mm-hmm. which is probably why people often say like 21 because that's when you can finally do everything yeah and then there's less like clear changes yeah. from that point on because your your options are opened up yeah they're sort of wide but yeah i think that's that's quite a weird kind of thing and like do i think right now i feel my age i feel about my age yeah but does this sometimes become a point there where your your actual age goes up but your perception of age doesn't yeah that probably happens maybe about now yeah <laughs> which oh God, is kind of weird <laughs> yeah 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 so but yeah i i, I think that i, I think like that. something i wish i knew before yeah. i wish you don't want to know it when you're too young but there's you want to know it when you sooner can, when yeah. you're older Mm-hmm. Maybe that's it. Yeah. So I asked you to prepare a shit shot, a photo that was taken that to the outside eye would look like you have your shit together. But at the time... Yeah. So what we're looking at uh-huh. is I needed some sort of like artsy promo shots. Mm-hmm. And I wanted a, a like photographer mm-hmm. and a photo studio and to do it all properly and stuff. And I got my mate George, who's an amazing photographer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes, why it might? It, I, it looks like a great photo. Right, that's the yeah. thing. So it's you're a, fucking owning it. It's a like. <laughs> this is one of many, by the way. But like, some of them are like. There's uh, there's some better ones in there, right? Mm-hmm. But we did a photo shoot basically. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Why don't we go with that one? Yeah, I like so that. So I'm sort of posing and looking very pensive, mm-hmm. and I've had a makeup artist come in. And yeah. Did, but why it might look like I've got my shit together is because like it's, the production value of this photo is pretty good. Like that's a yeah, it's great. It's a well lit shot. Yeah, it's shot well. It looks pro. You look confident. It looks like I've I'm I've got my shit together, yeah. and someone's paid for me to do that or I'm promoting something which is mm-hmm. going to make me a lot of money why I haven't got my shit together is this was expensive this cost me a fair bit of money mm-hmm. but it's such a lie when you look at a photo like this that's so interesting that though, they've it? got their shit together no they've just saved up a bit of money yeah. and spent it yeah. That's all they've done. I look at, if I looked at that from outsider's point of view, like, because I remember basically when I did it, I did a little social media. Oh my mm. God, I'm on a photo shoot. And I had loads of people like, yo, where's yeah. this? What's that? What project's this on? Like, yeah. that looks amazing. I'm like, nah. I That's just, such a good lesson. I just like booked a thing. But it's that thing of like, investing in yourself yeah. to meet where you want to be and where you want to appear. Do you know what totally. I mean? That's like you have to do that for this kind of game. You have yeah. to do that. And I've started to realise that. And it's worthwhile, the investment. Again, this is yeah. part of the advice of like, don't think about the money yeah. thing right now. Like, invest for the yeah. future. Because like, 
You know, yeah. that's what you need to do. You do. There's like These a sort of fake it till you make to, yeah, it thing. Exactly. And the more higher value you invest in yourself in certain things, mm. like actually yeah. doing a like better production value on various things. Whether yeah. it's like this a podcast, this, like this podcast. A studio. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Getting a studio as opposed yeah. to doing what I did doing in your bedroom. <laughs> um, but actually doing that, yeah. like doing things properly, yeah. that's the gateway to the level above which you're aiming yeah. for. There's very few people that manage to not do that to mm. get there. Like sometimes it happens and we only focus on these people because yeah. we think, oh, but if I focus on my art, yeah. then the universe will find mm. me. Well, that's not always the case. Yeah. Like it sometimes is. Yeah. And you, you lie to yourself yeah. by remembering the people that that has happened yeah. to. But for all of the other people, they've worked hard yeah. and they've, in, they've, invested, they've invested their own money and a lot of the time. Exactly. Yeah. That is, you that have is to very back yourself lesson. first. I love that. Yeah. So, Henry, mm. have you got your shit together? <laughs> no, <laughs> like straight up, no, like no way. Um, I would say, like not at all. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I would say, I'm sort of gently meandering towards mm-hmm. a place where I might say yes, but actually, I would never want to get to the place where I say yes. Do you think it's possible? Uh, it's possible to think that you are, <laughs> but I reckon that's when you get lazy. Mm. I don't think people want to get there. No. Like, kind of the same thing with fame and stuff. Mm. Like, it's a carrot on a stick that's always worth trying to bite. Yeah. You know, when I you get that. the carrot, yeah. there's not another carrot. Yeah. You know, so the answer is no. I think you want to be pointing the right way. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't want to go be pointing the other way. You don't want to increasingly feel like you're getting your shit together less. Yeah. But slowly going towards getting your shit together mm-hmm. is the best place to be, yeah. I think. I think that's great. I think I'm on that. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the other You've thing. You've got your carrot in the right direction. I think my carrot is yeah. pointing in the right <laughs> direction, for want of a better vegetable phrase. The one thing I will say is that I'm fine with not having my yeah. shit together. That's cool. Yeah. I'd rather that. so much for listening to this episode of the podcast this podcast is produced by ant hickman the artwork is produced by tim saunders and the photography is by patch bell a massive thank you to cassia for letting us use their song slow see you on the next episode of have you got your shit together now and then i'm just a little bit low i always try to lose my mind in a conversation with you